to, along with those that are here with us in the sanctuary, also make acknowledgement to those of us that uh, are watching with us online um, here at uh, in our Facebook Live broadcast. We are so excited about you being with us. You know, this is some um, this is some new content that we're we're really breaking ground. Um, I'm I'm a hundred percent convinced that um, that uh, this there are certain kinds of revelations that the Lord gives you, and you didn't get it from other people. Not that there's things wrong with getting revelation from other people. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But there are times when God wants to do something new and he wants to highlight something new or bring some, some truth out of his word that is from the word of God, but is not commonly understood the way he shows it to you. All right. And um, this is one of those areas where uh, I'm pretty confident you ain't heard it quite like this before. And um, these are the things that the Lord taught me, but he did not give me license to preach them. And he said, you need some more fruit before you tell other people to do this. And so I waited. And... Um, he told me this year, you got enough fruit now. You, you can explain to people how this works because people don't know. And one of the things that the Lord really dealt with me on is that not only do people not know why it works, um, but there is part of the scripture that was designed to help marriages word that, that the preachers haven't preached about. So if it's not preached about, faith can't come, right? Because Romans 10 says they can't call on him in whom they not believe. They can't believe on them in whom they've not heard. They can't hear without a preacher, and one can't preach unless that person be sent. So if there is an area of the word of God that is critical to your success in a specific area, and you don't hear preaching on that, Faith can't come, and then the grace available for that area can't manifest because grace manifests through faith, right? That's Ephesians 2, by grace through faith. And so if you don't believe that there's grace, you'll just, you're, you'll be like those um, disciples in the middle of a storm, struggling in their own strength, and Jesus is asleep on the ship. And some marriages are like that. They're struggling in their own strength to try to fix it. But Jesus is on a boat, but he's asleep because they don't have faith to wake up the grace that's available to them in that area. And so they're fighting through that storm in their own natural strength, not realizing that they have supernatural help on board that can make the sea and the wave of the storms of their life cease and be still and so that's what we're that's what we're committed to here today now 
Um, I'm going to take some time to unpack this. I can't unpack this all at once because this, this is some deep stuff. So I'm going to lay out some things to you today. Um, do, do some review, lay out some new things, and then um, start to unpack to you some, some key revelation that will bless you. All right, so objectives here for this series is to, number one, illuminate the basic power of relationships, especially relationships that are developed for the purpose of glorifying God. Two, to elaborate on the love connection as the key to empowering relationships, the principles upon which relationships consist and by which they are maintained and enhanced. Three, to differentiate the various types of spiritual, natural, and social relationships and their purpose from being from God's perspective. And when we came to this third objective, what we said was that marriage is, is all of that. It is a spiritual, natural, and a social relationship. So it's okay, um, husbands, for your wife to say, um, I want to go out and have fun. She didn't, she didn't cuss at you. Just because you want to get up and go to work and come home, you should be happy. All them other brothers is going to the bar. At least I'm coming home. No, she shouldn't be happy. No, she shouldn't. Because the social part of the relationship has to be satisfied as well. All right? That's number three. And then finally, number four, to motivate you to be more intentional in your relational roles at every level for relational success. And that's what I'm really talking about is relationship intentionality relationship intentionality and your pastor wants you to do that right i gave you one scripture i think john right john 1 verse 17 says for the law was given through moses but grace and truth came through jesus christ we said that god deals with people at different times in different ways and we use the d word that theologians use called dispensations and we said there was a dispensation of the law which was just rules and regulations without relationship. But our, our dispensation is a dispensation of grace and truth. Some people want grace without the truth, right? So we're going to deal with some stuff. And I got to tell you, this is right and that is wrong. So when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm challenging you, I'm challenging you with the truth, but I want you to always recognize that that truth is implemented through grace. Right? So you can't go home and start hitting your spouse. Don't browbeat your spouse with my message. Don't do it. You out of the will of God. Pastor David said, see, don't do that. Now I'm not talking to my husbands. I'm talking to my wives. See, I know. I told you. See, don't do that. You're going to make him flex. Then you're going to get him mad with me. Because he's going to think I'm putting that pressure on him, but you putting the pressure on him. And I have seen too many, why can't you be like Pastor? Don't you do that. I'm trying to help you. Help me help you. Okay? So don't go home saying, Pastor David, listen, 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 listen. When I'm in here, listen, when I get to the women's stuff, let me tell you, I'm on, I, oh, oh, yeah, I'm on the brother's hard now, but I'm coming for you. But I come for the man first because God came for the man first. He formed the man first, then the woman. So when he came to the garden, he didn't come to her first. He came for him first. All right. But when I come for you, I'm going to say some stuff here that Nedra has, Lady Nedra has never heard. 
because when I go home, I don't try to use my position as a pastor and try to browbeat her into submission. I don't do that. The Lord said, at home, I'm a husband. I go home, I'm a husband. So I can't say, you know, because I got all this biblical knowledge, you got to do this and you got to do that. I, that's why my marriage is good. <laughs> One pastor said, he said, his wife said, I need to go get counseling. She said, counseling for what? Uh, counseling uh, uh, for marriage. I need to talk to a pastor. She, he, said, he said, I'm your pastor. She said, no, you my problem. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm trying to help. See, see, this is why preachers don't have good marriages. I'm trying to tell you to see, see, they trying to, I'm like, no, 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 no. I know when it's time for me to take off the pastor thing and just be husband David. So I'm not going home browbeating Lady Nedra with the Bible. So some stuff she's gonna be like, man, no, yeah, no, she ain't never heard it neither. Because God doesn't, he doesn't give me the license to just go home and use all of the stuff I know about the Bible and try to browbeat my wife with the word. Now that's some good preaching. Yes, it is. I'm just telling you some truth. And I'm telling you, when you understand this, now you understand why there's people with all of that biblical knowledge and they anointed in the pulpit and then their homes is jacked. Okay, all right. Go on to the next one, uh, Mr. John. So we made this key statement that there is a grace of God to either be magnificently married and successfully single. And, and we're weaving into this, um, we're weaving into our teaching both of those, that the grace to be married. And then I'm also showing people that are single, man, you know, there was some of this stuff like the Lord taught me like, this is how you stay celibate. This is how you do it. Here's the practical things that you need to do. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. Here's where you can go. Here's where you can't go. Here's why you can't go there. And so many times people think I can just play with fire and not get burned. And the Bible is very clear. You can't do that. Okay. So there's grace, but, but then... Every grace has a certain faith that you have to believe and then walk in to access the grace. All right, go on to the next one, Brother John. I think uh, my next one is our scripture, Ephesians 5, 25 through 30. And it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and his bones. So, so the three word that I am emphasizing in this is washing nourishing and cherishing washing nourishing and cherishing so as a husband 
when I read this, God says to me, David, now I'm not talking, I said as a husband, I say as a pastor, I said as a husband. He's saying to me, David, your husbandly responsibility, right? Because not every, not every man in here um, is, is a pastor, but every husband in here has these three responsibilities. That, that their words should cleanse their wives, that their words should feed their wives. That's what nourishing is. Nourishment means that she can eat off of what you're telling her and she feels satisfied. And not only is she satisfied, but she's healthy. You know, because there's junk food and it tastes good, but ain't nothing in it. The Bible calls that deceitful meat. In Proverbs, it calls it, you know, the Bible, the Bible calls it deceitful meat. Bishop Jabir used to have a message that said, don't let the food fool you. We eat stuff with empty calories in it, and though we full, we're not nourished. They're empty calories. You don't have something to help you live. You just full. It tastes good. It tastes good to your tongue and your belly doesn't feel hungry, but your body is saying, I still need nutrients because I'm not nourished. I'm full, but not nourished. Your, your words in terms of your household should make your wife feel both good and nourished. That's some good preaching, Pastor David. Yes, you are preaching. Yes. Nourished. Okay. And then Cherish says, that your words is designed to make your wife feel, 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 feel special. She is supposed to feel special. And if she doesn't feel special, you can't say, well, you ought to just it ought to be okay because I went to work today. If that's not enough to make her feel special, then it's not special yet. Okay? Because sometimes we grade ourselves on the curve. You know what it means to grade on the curve? See, see in college, sometimes what happens is is that the person who has the highest score becomes the A, and then everybody else falls in below that. So then we look around and say, well, all of the other brothers is going to the bar, and then they doing that, and I'm better than them, so she should already feel special. No, you're trying to grade yourself on the curve when there's an absolute scale, and she decides to grade, not you. Woo! Lord, Lord, Lord. I was like, Nigel, how am I doing? 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 Because she gets to decide how my grades are going. So how am I doing? I mean, I mean, you know, she, she ain't talking to Pastor David. Now she's talking to husband David. So, you know, she don't got to do all of the thieves and the dials. She don't have to do all of that. She got, she talking to her husband. And she was like, you know what? You're a good dude, man. But I heard the butt before she said the butt. 
I heard that there was, <laughs> that was not a period. Okay. <laughs> that was not a period. I knew, I knew by the tone and an inflection, I knew that I, that there was a comma there. There was not a period. And on the other side of that comma, she said, you know what? But haven't I told you I like flowers? I felt like I was on Jeopardy. Yeah, you have told me that. Now, she could be happy because bro man does a lot of good stuff. I'm just saying. And I'm not saying that just because I'm me. I'm saying because I spent enough time in the Word to figure out all of the dumb stuff not to do. And I asked God, what are all the dumb things I do? Tell me all of them so that I don't have to do them no more. So there's some problems he just don't have. But it, I couldn't grade myself on a curve and say, I look around, I'm doing better than a lot of brothers. It's not on a curve. It's not on a curve. So I can't grade myself by how many other brothers are not doing as good as I'm doing. If that makes her feel cherished, bro man got to go get them some flowers. I'm just saying. So then I have to schedule it. I, now, see, I'm just telling y'all how y'all, you do it the way you do it. The way I have to do it is, if I'm going to do it, I got to plan it. I carry around a planner for everything else. I plan, I plan my financial investments. That's what a budget is. It's making your money live on a plan. Well, if I can plan my financial investment, I can plan my relationship investments too. Yeah. So I can plan my relationship investment. I was listening to Willie Moe Jr. Flat out. Anybody listen to Willie Moe? 102.7. Willie Moe Jr. And so one woman, one woman said, Willie Moe, Willie Moe, Willie Moe, Willie Moe, flat out, keeping it 100. That's the way he say. Don't, he doesn't say 100, 100. <laughs> keeping it 100, flat out. And she said, you know what? My husband was, I found he was giving me all of these. He hadn't been doing it. But my husband was get started to give me all of these verbal encouragements telling me how beautiful and how special and how nice I looked, how beautiful I was. And he was making me feel special. And then I got disappointed. Why was she disappointed? Because I realized he wasn't, he wasn't spontaneous. He had wrote this stuff down. He wrote notes to himself. And she was upset about it. I'm like, what kind of? <laughs> I said, listen. You don't, don't ask your husband to be like you to do what you need. Let him do it the way he needs to do it. I'm like, that's got to be the dumbest thing I have ever heard. If he took time in the way he organizes himself to tell you what you need, you should be there happy and taking it. I'm trying to understand. I'm like, 
what you freaking out about? I wanted to get on the phone saying, come. Destiny Generation has a Facebook Live broadcast. You need to watch it. Because I'm like, don't you going to jack up? You get him to the point where he's exasperated, he's going to say, ain't nothing good enough for you. And then he's going to stop even doing that. And then you're going to be wishing he would do that because you didn't even take the fact that he was making an effort diligently on purpose, being intentional about how he's loving you. And because you, you didn't even give him any credit for the thing he was trying to do to move in your direction just because he wasn't spontaneous, whatever that means, right? You're going to get him so frustrated, he ain't going to do that no more. And then you're going to be wishing he would put it on his planner to tell you how good you look. You, want, you, don't, you don't want him to be like him. You want him to be like you. Don't try to ask, act your, ask your husband to act like he a wife. He not. Let him think differently. Let him go about it differently and be glad. Stand next to, you know, <laughs> I like what Leroy Thompson said. One time he said, if you have three bad tires, you need to stand next to that one good tire and praise God. So if he makes any move in the right direction, be grateful. Because marriage is, I aim for perfection and I settle for progress. Because I'm not where I want to be, but I'm certainly not where I used to be. And I have to ask God on any given year what kind of ground we're going to take this year. Because I don't know. I can't fix it all overnight. I wish I could. I really do. But I have to take time and be intentional about growing myself to be the husband that she needs to be. And it should be an increasing scale. All right? Destiny dynamics for relationships. All right, so in my review points, I'm going to give you five through eight. I think I got those up there, John, right? God expects a husband to use his position of authority to demonstrate love for his wife in the same way that Christ does the church. The husband's love ministry to his wife is designed to fix deficits in her character. That's why his washing should cleanse and sanctify her. That's what we're talking about there. The husband is the primary beneficiary of his love ministry. He should see it as extended self-care. No man ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. I get the benefit of my ministry to her. The better I treat her, the better I, she'll be treating me as a result of my ministry to her. That's what that is. The husband should then nourish and cherish. All right. So we've talked about this love, and we described that first, because you are a spirit you have a soul. Soul is where relationships are formed. That's why when it talks about phileo um, love, talks about a feeling of mutual consideration, brotherly love, right? Um, there's also another Greek word for that. Um, storge talks about family type love. The love that a sibling would have, you know, that we just all bros in the same family, brother, sister, right? Um, and then, of course, um, there is um, the physical intimacy type love, which is called eros, okay? Now, we have dealt with, in our previous times, we've talked about love at a spiritual level, 
being particularly around the intercession that a man does for his wife, right? And we use John 17. We saw how Jesus interceded for the church. We saw him that they, they went to sleep and woke up and that with him praying about them and that he lives to make intercession for them. And so I said that on a spiritual level, that a man's intercessory ministry is his way to spiritually cover his wife. That's why we're spending all that time in men of destiny prayer, teaching men how to pray. Right. Then um, we went from the spiritual into the um, we went from the spiritual type of love into the uh, the relational and physical. Right. And from that, we went into Song of Solomon. Before that, we went into 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. So pull that scripture up, John, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Because I want to make sure that when I go into Song of Solomon, you don't act like I went out the Bible. Right? Song of Solomon is in your Bible. That means it's... It's part of those words that God breathed. That means that heaven and earth will pass away, but this stuff won't pass away. Just with all of them other scriptures that you was dealing with. All right. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So there is orderly teaching in it. There's reproof and correction showing you things that you were doing wrong. Reproof and correction shows you things you were doing wrong and begins to show you how to get yourself back on the right track. And then once you're on the right track, how to keep going in rightness. That's instruction in righteousness. Okay, so if I'm doing something wrong in my marriage, there has to be somewhere in the scripture some reproof, correction, some, some doctrine, some orderly teaching, some reproof and correction, and then some instruction on how to stay right. Okay? Now, if the book that I need, I don't look in, don't say it's not in the Bible because I didn't know the Bible, the scripture was in there. Just say, I don't know where it is, but I know God got something in there to help me do this. Does that make sense? Okay, so instruction in righteousness, and then verse 17 says that the man of God may be complete, may be complete. Um, I've had classes where I didn't get an A through an E, I just got an I. I, I was incomplete. And incomplete said I was, what I was doing was good but I didn't finish enough work. And if they would have stopped my grade right then, I would get an F or an E. But they just said, no, we're just going to give you an I and give you some chance to, to get the rest of it together. So you may be doing some good things, but what you are doing, you are incomplete because you didn't have all the scripture that you need. The God breathed part of this, so you didn't have everything to complete the assignment. Amen? Right? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped. 
Some people got enough equipment just to get started, but not enough to finish. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I'm saying that there is a good work in terms of knowing how to treat the spouse God has given you and for you to dwell together well in marriage, not just spiritually, but how y'all can sit at home and just enjoy each other without Christian cussing. You know, Chris, you know, you know, there is Christian cussing. You just like your knuckleheaded daddy. Now you didn't use no four letter words, but you cussed them. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you just like, you just like. So, so that person is not equipped. <laughs> that person is not completely, they're not thoroughly equipped. Didn't say they didn't have no equipment, but this one says that I can go beyond having some equipment to having all the equipment that I need to complete the good work. All right. All right, so I got a key statement here. Go ahead, John, put that one on the, on the screen. <laughs> We're about to get to the good part. This first key statement is sex is good and it's and is from God. Yeah. The devil didn't make it. You know, now why is that important? Because we are holy in this church. And so some folks in marriage, <laughs> some folks in marriage feel feel dirty with their spouses as if now why is that because faith comes by hearing and if you ain't heard it and the preacher ain't told you you don't know all they told you was just say no just say no just say no and then you like no it just feel good me let me tell you can i can, can i just be honest can i be honest i ain't gonna say nothing that's gonna i ain't gonna hurt nobody's feeling i don't know i got some young people now so i ain't gonna hurt nobody all I'm going to say is, I was like, Lord, is this, I said, we still good? I don't have to repent? He's like, no, we, we good. We good? Really? <laughs> I, I wasn't used to having this much fun and not having to repent. <laughs> I'm just saying, I had to ask him. I wasn't sure. I, that sounds funny, but I'm just Okay, all right, I'm just, your pastor too real for you. I know, I know, I know. So let me read the second sentence that's there. The, now, this is the, way the, this is the way God said it to me. The Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is the greatest sexpert there is. Stop letting people that's heathen make their sex life look better than yours. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. Not if you get the equipment. They playing games. Everything they doing going to kill them. They make it look good, but it's not. It's not. The devil lying to them. He tricking them. It's deceitful meat. It makes them full, but they're not nourished. Stop letting them folks fool you to think they having a good time. And if I just did what they did, my have a good time too. Stop that. Now that's what that's reproof. I'm reproving you. That's the reproof. Stop letting people tell you, man, stop letting the devil tell you if I could just be out there and then you, you know, 
was it Girls Night Out? Was that is that the movie? And you you go out and watch, and I'm telling you, you can't watch a movie in Jesus' name. But you go watch that, and then you see something, and then you look at him, and be like, "Oh God!" <laughs> and then the devil tells you that you need to get out and do that. No, they acting. It's an act. It's an act. The Holy Ghost is the one with the expertise. Stop thinking you got to go to them to figure out how to make this better. The reason people say that is because there's a book in the Bible that they just skip past. No, 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 no. We got the, no, 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 no. We got the most, no, the most fulfillment is in here. Don't let them tell you nothing different. Because the devil didn't make it. And everything he touches, he messes up. Everything he touches is only to kill, steal, and destroy. How do you know the devil is lying? His lips are moving. Whatever he says is a lie. So stop letting him talk you out of something that God has for you. All right? So Song of Solomon has great biblical um, perspective and revelation on lovemaking, especially as start, as about starting with your words. We saw in Proverbs, in, in Song of Solomon, um, chapters 1 and chapter 8, I'm talking about two, two sessions ago, about three weeks ago, I, I talked to you about how um, that at the beginning, his wife felt self-conscious, but at the end, she felt confident because of his words. Okay, that was that washing, nourishing, and cherishing. Then two weeks ago, we talked. To you, we walked you through Proverbs chapter seven, and Proverbs in Second Timothy three, five, and six, and described how the devil uses the strange woman, is the way the King James says it, or the strange man, um, to lead gullible people away from their good marriages. All right. So you got to watch to not let the devil get in your head and start talking you out of what God wants to do for, for what you have. He wants to help you fix what you got right now. OK, so if there's something wrong, the reason that I'm teaching in this is so that you can believe and receive the grace to fix it. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Somebody say amen if this is blessing you. Um, so I have a list of 12 things that I want to talk you through. We're going to put this list up and then one I've already talked about. And then the second one we'll talk about today, 12 intimacy secrets from the song of Solomon. Okay. 12 intimacy secrets. You can get your flip flown out because I can't slow down for you and keep you all up to speed and what I want to get today. So get your phone out. you I said flip phone. You know, you know, I was the guy that <laughs> smartphone, that flip phone. Okay. <laughs> get your smartphone out so you can get that down. Number one, the intimacy interaction, speaking from a husband's perspective, with your wife is designed to remove all sense of her self-consciousness related to her beauty or past hurts. That is so, oh my goodness. 
if you didn't get anything else but that one right, your marriage would go up right there by itself. I'm just saying. Okay? And that was, we did that one before. The one I'm going to talk to you about today is, if you walk in your kingly role as God intended, you will be attractive to a lot of women, but only attracted to one. Oh, that's some good preaching, Pastor David. Because somewhere along the line, brothers get, the, get this, I'm like, everything she got, she got. It's not like she got a, some other equipment that yours don't have. Okay? You got to learn to celebrate what God gave you. Pastor Rita used to say it this way. It's a poor frog that won't praise his own pond. Yeah. So stop thinking. Listen, all they doing, they just... <laughs> The computer makes them look like that. They don't look like that in real life. And then they cutting themselves so much that when they get old, they look like Frankenstein's bride. They've nipped and cut and tucked. They cut. You look at them when they get old, they look, they look like a zombie. You better thank God that everything she got is all natural. I'm just saying. Oh my goodness. You are supposed to, listen, I should have something on me if I'm walking in an anointing that makes single women say, man, I wish I had a man like that. You're supposed to wish you had a man like me. But I'm supposed to be clear that there's only one woman for me. Now, why, did, why is that so clear to me? Because I saw my father affirm single women without being sexually advancing towards them. I saw him love my mother and tell other single women, you look beautiful. And he had nothing else that he, it wasn't like that was some innuendo. That wasn't a code. That wasn't he, he's trying to push up on you. He wasn't looking them up and down, trying to, no, he was happy. Home, everything was present and accounted for at home. He just had so much love that he could tell them they look good to help, their, help, help them feel confident about themselves without sexually advancing. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Bishop Thompson was here and he talked about, you know, he's been married 50 years, 5-0. And they look good together too, baby. I said, Lord Jesus, <laughs> when I'm that age, that's what I'm looking for. They have fun with each other. It's just, it's hilarious. It's a, they, they like mom, mom, pa clamping. He's all the bishop and everything. But when you start him interact, it's just, <laughs> Lady Nedra and I, we were just having, it was funny. It's just hilarious. Just watching them interact. But they, they've been together 50 years. And he said, he said, there's young girls in the congregation, and I hug them because I want them to feel a hug that's a fatherly hug without some sexual something attached to it. Yeah, I want them to feel something without having it be like I'm trying to do something to you. 
We was talking about it at work, about how in the midst of the Me Too movement where women are coming out with sexual, you know, all of these people, there's a bunch of stuff. Folks is coming out even at work t telling them stuff. They said this, there's more of that coming out about issues. And I'm like, listen, not me. I have a code. If I walk by a woman at work, my hand immediately comes behind my back. It's automatic. I'm 26 years into this. I ain't going to brush up on you by accident and you say you did something. I have a code. I, I'm not here. Listen, I know what I'm doing. I'm a black man in a high-profile position. I can't have some white woman coming up saying that he, he harassed me. I can't have it. I ain't mad at nobody. I just understand the dynamics of that. And I understand they ain't going to be as nice on me as they might be for one of those that look like them. I'm just saying. So I understand. I got to play that thing real serious. You understand? And I'm not, that's not even a statement of anger or nothing. I'm just saying, I understand the rules are not the same for me. They'll fire me so fast, they'll forget all of the good stuff I did for them. They'll forget all of the people that like me. They'll forget everything that I did right. And I'd be on the streets, I'd be on the streets so fast, my head would spin. So I had to get, I had to have a set of rules on how to make it. Does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying? So we have to be clear. And that's what I want to teach my young men. Listen, some stuff you just can't do, man. I know they can do it and get away with it, but you can't. I have to tell them the truth. You can't do it. They will fire you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, I got to tell them. I can't, I can't have it be some other thing and then they get out and face the real world that I've been dealing with and then they're like, why didn't you tell me it was like this? No, I'm going to tell you. This is how it is. I, I'm the one they call when there's young African-American engineers. We need, no, we need all of the bros to sit down with David. And it, <laughs> it's the ladies that tell them. Y'all need to sit down with him. He done been here a while. Y'all need to listen to whatever he tell you to do, do it. Because I got to coach him? I'm like, no, man, you can't do that. You think you can get away with that? No, you no, 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 no. They, they, they're, they're watching you different. I have to tell them the truth. That's the truth. That is a, I have to tell them, listen, no. Now, I, know you wish, I know you wish it was uh, like everything is equal, but it's not. And if you learn to play the game as it is, not like you want it to be, you can play the game and still win. I got to tell him the truth. Can't be having stories that there's all of these different people at work. Only one woman I asked out at work, I married her. I'm just saying. There's only one. You know her. <laughs> <laughs> that's it there's only one there's only one <laughs> and I had to break sure it took me a long time she was she, she like I, you were staring at me in meetings yeah I was staring because I needed to be sure can't be messing up what I'm doing can't be messing up what I got invested too many decades in this career can't be messing it up
had to be sure, had to know God was in it, had to. All right, so here's my 12 things. So we said the first one is intimacy, interaction with the wise, designed to remove all sense of self-consciousness. Two, if you walk in your cleanly role as God intended, you will be attractive to a lot of women, but only attracted to one. We'll deal with that one in a second. And I'll just start it, but we'll finish it next week. Number three, you are designed as a husband to pursue your wife, her, with word pictures like Jesus did with parables. A woman must be aroused mentally through passionate word pursuit to be aroused sexually. Bro man is just instant. He want to grunt, I am here. Bam, bam. Child, please. Now, see, this is what God told me. I'm reading the Bible. This is in the Bible. How'd you get that? This is in the Bible. I'm going to show you where it's in the Bible. But nobody ever told me that. That's why I'm telling you. So faith can come through hearing. <clears throat> Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Number four, use your hands to touch and caress. Slow down, bruh. Slow down. Okay. A woman has a sense of touch. And the scriptures really tell you. I'm reading this and the Lord teaching me this. See, this is God teaching me. I'm, I'm letting y'all in on all of the stuff he said. Bruh, this is, I know God talked to you in these and thou's in King James English. Okay, I know, I know. He said, thus saith. It's not God unless he says, saith. Not says, saith. S-A-I-T-H. Thus saith the Lord. He's like, bruh. Use your hands. And then he like, listen, man, your hands need to be soft. They don't need to be ashy, man. Get some lotion. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. I'm preaching real good. <laughs> I know some brothers, man, they shake my hand and it hurt. <laughs> Like, bruh, 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 let me help you. Bruh. So if you if you hurt my hand, <laughs> I'm just saying the Bible has something to say about everything. Number five, slow down. I'm just gonna leave that one right there. Slow down. Easy does it. Make sure she's satisfied first, especially emotionally, because once you're done, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I some good preaching. Yeah, your pastor. Now, now listen, 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 listen. People are gonna say, where did you get that out the Bible? I'm gonna show it to you in the Bible. I'm gonna show you to you how God explained it to me. All right? Hallelujah. Let's get y'all wanna get through the rest of the list today, don't you? I'm preaching good, amen. Number six, utilize sight, sound, touch, taste, and smell to create the atmosphere of intimacy. I'm reading Song of Solomon, and it's all up in there. How he looked, how she looked. What words they said, what music is playing in the background. This is a song. There's music. Right? So there's sight, there's sound. There's touch. There's a lot of touch. That's why your hands got the man. You don't have to listen. Listen. Get you some lotion. There's some stuff out there. Get you some help. 
I'll be all crackly and be like, I'm ready. Taste. Not only how your spouse tastes, but then there's, there's food that's there. I'm just saying, and smells. All of that was in that environment. Somebody going to be like, man, honey, we got to go home and read Song of Solomon. Where Pastor David get all of this? Go home, do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> y'all might have a whole Bible study. The Bible study might get it. Y'all might have a Bible study. I'm like, well, I can't wait till next Tuesday. We're going to read this tonight. <laughs> Go ahead with your bad self. Number seven, I said this on Sunday, and it's still true. Your sex is better when your money is right. Pastor David, can, can broke people have sex? Yeah, they can. I'm just saying it's better. They were in enslaved. They were enslaved. They were enslaved. The children of Israel were in Egypt. And when they were enslaved, they had more children. So much that Pharaoh tried to kill them. Yeah, you can, no, you don't need money just to have it. They had it in the Bible without money. They were broke and they was having babies. But it's better when you got some cash. I'm just saying. It's just better when you got some cash. When your money's right, because when, when money's wrong, even when it is good, Bill gets in the bed with you. You know, Bill, light bill, gas bill, house bill, medical bill. Bill gets in the bed with you, and they start talking, and then he tries to, he tries to have a threesome with y'all, right? He tries to keep y'all divided because y'all fussing over Bill. Sex is better when your money is right. Number eight, spend money to get your wife out of the routine. Sister, y'all should have said amen right there. In marriage, vacation is as important as vocation. Oh, now see, the Lord had to explain this to me. I thought if I just went home, I came home to, and I worked every day and I brought the money home and... um. I put the roof over the head and, you know, my career was good and I was getting the raises. I thought we should all be good. And then he said, no, 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 no. Look in the scripture where he said, come on, let's get away. Let's have a getaway time. And he said, no, no, son, vacation is as important as vocation. Now, some people think... <clears throat> Long as I got a roof over your head, you should be satisfied. See, you're trying to grade on the curve again. <laughs> That's some good preaching, Pastor David. Yes, it is. I know. I know. Number nine, it matters as a man how you present yourself to your wife. Don't just let your appearance go. See, men have judged women, and they say, she getting old. She... Like, she didn't have Joe babies, three of them. And then you all grading her, but then my dad said, this is what my dad used to say to me. He said, I hate it when I see men walking around looking like they're pregnant. I'm not talking about nobody here. I'm just telling you what my daddy told me. I'm looking up in the air. I'm not looking at if you got a six-pack or a three-liter. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you what my daddy told me. My daddy was like, I, this is what my daddy told me. He said, men ain't supposed to be walking around here looking like they're pregnant. 
My daddy said that. I, 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 whatever your daddy told you, I'm telling you, you know, you do what your daddy told you. <laughs> My daddy was happily married. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm going to the gym and I'm doing them crunches. I'm just saying, okay. All right, I'm doing my planks. I'm in there. Okay. <laughs> it matters how you present yourself. And if you read Song of Solomon, she said he walks in, he's all stately and tall, walking in like a king. I'm stretching, make sure my knees, I still want to walk good. I still want to look good. I mean, you know, I may slow down, but I still want to have some swag when I get old. So I'm working on it. I'm not leaving it. I'm not just hoping and praying I'm going to be good later. I'm working on it. Why? Because she wants a knight in shining armor. She wants her man to, she wants to see her man as someone special. So present yourself to her like that. Number 10, timing is everything both seasonal and sexual. All right. So there's some times when you are really, and she's like, <sighs> and then there's times she's like, really? And you're like, <sighs> so that happens. There's just, there's timing. And you got to be okay with that. Stop, stop putting pressure on somebody because you can't be instant all the time, neither, Who, whoever you are. I'm not looking at nobody in particular. I'm watching the TV screen. They can't even see me, but I'm seeing them, okay? Um, timing, be okay with missing each other's moments, but keep pursuing each other. If you, if you go back and study Song of Solomon, when we get down to that one, you'll see that there was times he knocked and said, wait, come in. And she was like, ah, I'm sleepy. Another time she went looking for him and he was gone. So there were times they were missing each other. Okay. But they kept pursuing the intimacy. You know, Cadillac had, uh, years ago, it had a, um, an ad campaign that it called Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. The Pursuit. The pursuit is never supposed to stop. What happens is we pursue, like, when you hot and bother before you get married, man, you always in the pursuit mode. But when you feel like you done caught, then you stop pursuing. That's when things go wrong. People stop pursuing. All right. Number 11, there is angelic assistance to help you get your love life right. Oh, angels want to get involved in your love life? Yeah. They are sent forth to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. Are you an, are you an heir of salvation? Angels to help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to help me with everything else. There's financial angels to help you get your money right. There's angels to keep you from falling. There's protection angels. There's angels to help your marriage get better. Did you know that? I'm going to show you that. And I saw this song of Simon. I said, God, that's there. That's, that's what that means. He said, yep, that's what that means. Why? 
Because God wants you to have what you need. And some of y'all need some help. <laughs> you need some divine intervention. Prove that to me from scripture. Okay. This wasn't in my notes. Joseph was about to not marry Mary. And an angel talked to him and says, marry that woman. An angel kept their marriage together. An angel kept their marriage together. That wasn't in my notes, y'all. I'm just saying. God trying to talk. I asked God. I can't even. I'm going to just give you number 12 and then we be out. God, you got to help me help, help the marriages in my congregation. All right, son. Teach them on destiny relationships because faith will come to what they hear. If you don't preach it, they can't hear it. If they don't hear it, they can't believe it. If they can't believe it, they can't call to it. If they can't call to it, they can't have it. People don't even know that angels are there to help their marriage. They don't even know. If you don't tell them, they won't know. If they don't know, they can't call to it. If they can't call to it, the angels can't come and help them. They're standing there waiting because they hearken to the voice of the word. Somebody had to say, God, I need angelic assistance in my marriage. I need supernatural help. Number 11. Oh, that was number 11. Number 12. This is the final one. If you so love as a husband because your wife is designed to receive, multiply, and return, she will meet you and raise your love life to the next level because the harvest is always bigger than the seed. Whatever you give her, she'll multiply. You say, you say a bad word, that thing hang around like a 40-year mortgage. And just when you're getting ready to pay it off, the balloon note comes at the end, and you got to refi and extend the loan. Every once in a while, my dumb days for courting come up. I say, honey, that was then. This is now. I say, honey, didn't I marry you? I know, I know. I was a little slow. I was a little slow to the punch, but didn't I marry you? Yeah, but I'm like, honey, 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 sweetheart. I know you was, I was dumb, baby. I was dumb. I was dumb. I was double D dumb with two B's at the end. I was dumb. Whatever word comes is multiplied and returned. But if I get some good words, that'll get multiplied and returned to. It don't have to always be working in the negative. It can also work in the positive. All right, I'm out of time. Did you get something out of this today? I pray you are blessed. This is really fresh, fresh revelation. This is fresh bread. <laughs> I'm praying... For those of you that are also watching us online, please do something for me, would you? Number one, 
as you read this message, I'm going to challenge you to just send an amen and a greeting from wherever you're watching from. I've reached out to people and they said to me, Pastor David, we're watching down in Florida. We're watching in Tennessee. We're watching in Mississippi. We're watching in, in Illinois. We're watching in Missouri. I'm like, but y'all ain't never told me. You would help me if you just told me that you was out there. So I just want to know who you are and where you're watching from because it just helps me to know that the word we're sharing is reaching and touching your life. So I'm going to ask you to do that. Then the second thing I'm going to ask you to do <clears throat> is if this word is a blessing to you, I need you to help me to take it further. And all you got to do is share it with the people in your circle. A lot of people need to hear this. There's, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I've listened to marriage ministry. I've never heard anybody preach the things I just preached to you today. Never heard it. I'm not saying nobody, I'm not saying I'm the only person in the world that got this revelation. I am saying I have a real revelation that God gave me, not a man. And I believe it can help a lot of people. And it is, if not, it's the only thing. It's certainly very unusual and it will strengthen your household. So I'm asking you to help me carry that further by just sharing what you've heard with other people. And then finally, number three, you know, our church is in the middle of um, a major capital campaign. This past Sunday, we had what we call our first fruits offering. It's our time of over and above giving. And um, this time is so special to us because we're working to invest in our facility and in our infrastructure so that we can carry the word to the uttermost parts of the planet. My dream is to have a full service streaming and then to be on TV and radio and help people experience their date with destiny all over the world. Would you help me do that? Would you take the information that they've added in our stream there and sow a seed? You could either sow it into this word or if you just want to sow it into our first fruit offering, you could do that as well. And that would help us to do the things as necessary to bless even more people with the gospel of destiny. Amen. So please do that. I'm also going to um, tell you that uh, this, this coming Saturday is our, our men of destiny, those that are in the Flint area or in 100 miles radius around the city of Flint. I'm asking you to come where we have as men get together and we're just we're touching and agreeing. We're praying on things because God has to help us to be the men that God has created us to be. And then our service is on Sunday at 1030 a.m. Um, we have a really good service. You'll really enjoy it. The praise and worship is hot. It's high. Um, we're really working to just reach out and touch, touch our area and our community for destiny. All right. So please do that. Our service is located at 1011 Hammond Avenue in the city of Flint. Please come see us and then tune in next week. If you want to know where I got all of those 12 things out of the Song of Solomon, I'm going to show you starting next week. So come in and see us then. And I'm certain that you'll be blessed. If you're watching this alone and you're married, then please get your spouse and watch it together. Expose them to it. And you may even decide, he may say, come on, let's go see what this brother's talking about. All right. God bless you. 
See you next week.